Hello, and welcome to the Slow Style Home Podcast. If you don't want a cookie-cutter, generic home, and instead you want a beautiful, meaningful home that's layered with personality, then you are going to be so inspired by the conversations we have on this show. We talk about why the environments we create matter and how to set up our rooms to evoke specific feelings and experiences that are right for you wherever you are in your life right now. I'm Zandra, your host and creator of the Slow Style Home Framework that teaches you how to make really thoughtful and informed decisions about your home rather than chasing current trends that may not last or staying stuck with rooms you hate, feeling overwhelmed with too many choices. Right now, when you join our monthly membership, the Slow Style Society, you'll get a personalized deep dive into your vision of what a dream home looks and feels like. And together, we'll come up with a plan on how to achieve that. If that sounds pretty awesome to you, go to slowstylehome.com and click on Join the Society for all of the details. I'll tell you a little bit more about it later on. Right now, let's just jump into today's episode. Hello, and welcome back to the Style Matters podcast, brought to you by Little Yellow Couch. I'm Zandra, and I'm so glad you're here. There's a lot coming up in the next few months, and if you don't want to miss event opportunities or free workshops, be sure to sign up for the Little Yellow Couch newsletter at littleyellowcouch.com. Just click where it says Your Style Manifesto because that worksheet is the first one you'll get automatically when you join. Plus, it's the most personal way I can connect to you. And if you've ever written me an email, you know how much I love them and how I respond to every single one. Okay. About today's show, in this episode, I have with me Chrissy Rucker, founder of The White Company in London, which sells bedding, bath linens, kitchen items, and other home accessories, all in a neutral color palette with loads of texture, warmth, and sophistication. Chrissy has just come out with a book called For the Love of White, and in it, she shares... Chrissy has just come out with a book called For the Love of White, and in it, she shares gorgeous photos of homes where white is the predominant color, each with their own distinct personality. What I hope you take away from this episode, even if you are a full-on color and pattern mixer like myself, is that the key to making any room feel warm and inviting is how it is layered. And what's great about working in a neutral color palette is that the textural layers really stand out and make for great examples of how layering and mixing work. When you're not also trying to mix colors and patterns, but just focusing on texture, you get a sense for the way you personally want to mix things up. So what are your favorite materials to surround yourself with? And do you think about this aspect of decor, or are you mostly attuned just to color? There are so many materials to consider. There's brass, wood, silver, wool, rattan, linen, iron, porcelain, clay, leather, the list goes on. Okay, so I am going on and on, and I'm going on for a reason. I recorded this episode several months ago. 
And last week, as I was playing it back to edit it, Chrissy's comments about this layering thing really stuck with me, and I realized that that's because I've been thinking so much about how to do it, the layering thing, I mean, artfully and thoughtfully, for my new online course, Master the Mix. Now, like I said, I recorded this a while ago before I had really solidified the course, so it's just a lovely coincidence that Chrissy and I talked about the layers that make up a beautiful home. And I love it when things dovetail together like that without planning. So thank you, Chrissy. But before we get started, here's a word from our sponsor. Okay, so you guys know that my favorite places to shop are where I can find one-of-a-kind things like antique stores and thrift shops, but hey, there are still tons of things that we buy that come from the big boxes or from online. And of course, we want to stretch those dollars as far as they can go. Enter this cool new app I found called ShopTagger. So when you're shopping on one of your favorite websites online, but you don't want to pay the full price, you just save the item to ShopTagger and it notifies you when the price drops. Or if you need it right away and you're at the checkout page, it'll pop up with a coupon code that you may not have even known about. So cool. Now, just so you know, ShopTagger is spelled SHOP, S-H-O-P, Tagger, T-A-G-R. And to get it for free, click the link in today's show notes page at littleyellowcouch.com. All right, let's dive into today's episode. Chrissy, welcome to the Style Matters podcast. I am so happy that you're here. Oh, thank you, Sandra. It's it's so lovely to be able to join you, and thank you for asking me. Yes. Well, uh, we have a lot to talk about. We will certainly be talking about your new book, which I mentioned in the intro, For the Love of White. But before we do that, I thought we would talk a little bit about your background and your company, which is, of course, The White Company, started in London. I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about your background. You worked for magazines such as Brides, GQ, Vogue, which I think of as being really um, in the fashion side of the industry. So I'm wondering, how did you get into the business of creating linens and more on the home wares side of things? Well, um, I left school when I was 16 and I moved to London where I studied couture design and tailoring. Mm -hmm. Um, At that time, I learned to sew, I learned to design, and I learned to cut patterns. And we made everything from an evening dress to a tailored coat. Mm. Though I didn't become a designer, it was such a useful skill to have. And it gave me a passion for always looking for a way to improve a product, as well as an obsession for looking at what was the right cut and what was the right design detail. And, you know, as I've gone on the journey, you know, all of these are so crucial and can absolutely make or break a product. Right. I thought um, at that time, I thought I was going to be a very famous fashion designer. (laughs) This just never happened. (laughs) Um, But it was a fantastic experience. My first job when I left was working for a wedding dress designer, Annalisa Sharp. And she realized quite quickly that I wasn't really cut out to be a designer. So she suggested I try working for a magazine. And I was lucky enough to get a job at Condé Nast, where I started as um, the receptionist. At the time, I was 18, and sitting on reception at Condé Nast was such a fun job. 
Um, from reception, I went on uh, to become fashion assistant on GQ and then fashion and beauty assistant on Brides magazine. I also did short stints on House and Garden and on Vogue, where I helped the amazing Anna Harvey when mm. the angel assistant was on maternity leave. Um, I took a break a bit later on from magazines for a year and I worked at the skincare company Clarins and oh, yes. in the press office. And this was so interesting because here I learned about PR and about marketing, but also I learned a lot about training. Clarins are excellent at their, um, at their team training and they're very good at sort of teaching you, you know, in-depth product knowledge and selling skills. Later on, I returned back to magazines. I love my time at Condé Nast and Hearst. It taught me how to plan and organize a shoot how to research, how to write passionate copy. And I loved being in the art department and watching and seeing how the pages were laid out. So the business really came to fruition because I was so inspired by my boyfriend, uh, Nick. He had started his own business and it's a men's shirt business called Charles Tirrett. And he had enormous passion. Um, he worked in a tiny, grotty little office off the Portobello Road. But he had this incredible passion for his business and he was so excited getting up and going in every day to see what had happened. And I sort of longed to feel the same, really. Um, Nick, uh, Nick bought his first flat. When he moved in, he basically he owned a bed. He had four chairs, some old frayed green towels and his bed linen was burgundy. When you opened the kitchen cupboards, he had a few chip mugs and just, you know, sort of two or three plates. So he really didn't have anything. Yes, a bachelor. He was a true bachelor. Yeah, he's a true bachelor. So I set off to do the basics and I, and I thought it would be really easy to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a disaster. Um, I came home with my tail between my legs. And basically, I was, I was completely overwhelmed. There was just too much choice too much garish colour, uh, so much manic pattern, and really just none of it felt right for me. And had you promised, Nick, like, don't you worry, you go away for the day, and when you come home, th- this whole space is going to be magically transformed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nothing was transformed. It was a disaster. <laughs> but I think what it made me realise is that actually, you know, if you're not experienced, creating your house first home is actually not a very easy thing to do Mm -hmm. um so you know drawing on my magazine experience I just sort of thought okay what is it that makes an image really beautiful and you know it, it was just that reflection that less is often more so basically I just decided I was going to keep it simple and I would just buy white um so I was going to buy white towels, white robes, white bed linen, white china and white napkins. But back then, at that time, it, that wasn't easy either. And basically, there were two very clear ends of the scale. At one end, you had High Street, which was poor quality, but it was affordable. Or at the other end of the scale, you had fabulous designer labels, beautifully designed, great quality but so expensive. And really, the the moment I knew I could do it was when I found my first factories. 
And I was thrilled because I found the factories who were manufacturing for the designer brands that I truly coveted. But I discovered that if I supplied the designs directly to the customer, I could deliver fantastic quality, but at a much more affordable price. And then I think, you know, the the other important part for me was I really wanted to find a way to try and make the challenge of creating a first home easier and less overwhelming. So, and then, you know, really, I just, I was so excited by the idea. I just felt completely absorbed and passionate about it. It kept me awake at night. And, and then that's when I realized it was the right time to leave and to give it a go. Um, I want to jump a little bit now to your book, For the Love of White, The White and Neutral Home. And right in the beginning, I love that you describe the color white in the home as analogous to the little black dress. Can you tell us more about what you mean by that? I just quite simply love the simplicity of white. And I really do believe whoever we are, whatever our own personal style is, white just always does work in some way. Um, It's simple, but it's effortlessly stylish. It's modern, yet classic. And just like the perfect little black dress, the wonderful thing is, is it just doesn't date. So Mm. let's create products that last, that will always give pleasure, and, and crucially will be used and loved for many years to come. I also love, for me, you know, White has this magical, calming, spa-like quality, which somehow feels like such a lovely thing to live with. Well, we all want some spa-like quality in our lives. (laughs) (laughs) So how do you keep white from becoming too sterile? Because there are, I especially find this true in kitchens, some white kitchens feel very warm and others don't. Why is that? So, um, well, uh, we really hope that our new book, For the Love of White, will will help to alleviate this worry. I I think a lot of people do worry that a white home can feel cold and sterile. Um, The book features 12 very different, very, very lovely white and neutral homes, which are across the town, the country, and the coast. Um, For me, the joy of a white and neutral home Um, is it that it provides this beautiful, calm, blank canvas. Um, And this is then ready for us to layer on with our own personalities, and that's individual pieces, special finds, um, things from our travels and finishing touches. When I I start tackling a new project, um, I always start by choosing a soft palette of warm whites or the palest warm greys. White pigments and paints not only bring a room to life, but they also accentuate lovely architectural details, mouldings and woodwork. And I think the critical thing when you're choosing your paint is to make sure that you're choosing a lovely warm colour and that you test it uh, in the room in different types of daylight because it's different paints can actually look very different in different rooms. Right. Layering texture is absolutely key, um, as is a connection to nature. Uh, in my home, uh, I created this by using a mixture of natural materials and finishes. So from timber and stone to sisal floors and then lots of lovely touches of greenery bringing hints of the outside in. Different weights and weaves of fabric 
that helps to add depth and to add warmth. Uh, you know, a soft rug underfoot, a lovely textured bedspread, a gorgeous diaphanous drape at the window. You know, these little things can really transform how a room feels. Then groupings of loved art, ceramics, uh, textured bowls, you know, all of these pieces help create strong focal points and add interest, as do lovely antiques or darker pieces of furniture and decorative accessories, which, which then bring contrast. Um, I always think a predominantly white home must feel sensory too. So mm. a lovely open fire. I'm always amazed at how the tiny flickering flame of a scented candle will make a room feel instantly more peaceful and welcoming. Lighting will, uh, um, lighting will make or break a white home. Uh, and rooms with too many down lights or that are too bright will feel flat and sterile. So it's really important to avoid that. I prefer to have mostly lamps and then just a few strategically placed downlighters, which, I mean, I think downlighters are best used to highlight a lovely piece of art or an architectural mm. detail. But you're talking about the language of layering, it sounds like to me, and layering and, and a mix of materials. And, and I know that um, there was a chapter that you did in the book with architect William Smalley. And I, I love this. He says that he works in materials rather than in color. And then there's this idea of having a materials palette, not just a color palette, which I think is so fun and such an interesting way to think of it. And that certainly seems to be what you're talking about here. I love too his focus on natural materials of wood, natural floorings, uh, you know, for example, using coir or wools, linen, silks, cottons, pale marble and limestones. I think, you know, today, particularly in our era of flat screens, you know, starting a home with natural materials and, and adding lots of greenery is always a very good, a good foundation. Well, that's a good point about the technology and about how, you know, technology, it's hard, it's shiny, it's flat. Um, yeah, it doesn't have a lot of comfort in it, yeah, although we need it and we live with it and we have to find a way to live with it in our homes. So I, I see what you're saying, that the importance of these natural materials to counteract that, the, the tech, is, is obviously very important. I, I have a funny question for you or a silly question, which is I'm wondering as I look through this gorgeous book of all these spaces, and there certainly are some colors in some of these spaces, it's just very, very minimal, which keeps all of these homes feeling so calming, centering, and, and sensual. Um, but what do people do with the things that naturally have color to them? I'm, I'm like, do they have secret closets where they keep their red and purple and orange things? Right? Um, and I, I'm thinking about books. For example, the covers of books are always very colorful. Oh, do you know, Zadra, I mean, this is something... It's so personal, and and I think it's just, you know, completely down to individual choice. And believe it or not, I'm not against a white home having lovely pops of colour, if that's what the owner loves. Um, books, uh, I think, you know, when pulled together, can create a great focal point and, and in an otherwise neutral room. I mean, they can almost act as a piece of art, and they give us yes. a sense of... They also give that sort of lovely human sense of, you know, what, what the passions are of the homeowner. Um, in each chapter, you have styling details and you really, 
you, you, you know, you show the broad home, the nice, beautiful, full spread layout, but then you get really into the details. You have a little photograph with each styling tip about what exactly you're talking about it. It's very practical. And, and uh, I just, I just love diving in that way. It's thank you for doing it that way. Uh, well, I think, you know, I just feel, you know, over the years, um, I I've been so lucky because I've worked with some incredible stylists and some wonderful interior designers. And I just feel that they sort of, you know, they taught us the tricks of the trade and, you know, as, with every brochure we've produced, we've sort of filled it with lots of ideas to try and little styling tips. And and we just wanted to take away the fear of, you know, how do I style the shelves or how do I style the ottoman or how do I style the, the, the surface of the chest of drawers? So we hope that we can give lots of ideas. Yes, yes. Well, you do for sure. Um, it, it's It's really beautifully done. Um, I want to ask you a little bit about homes that are new builds, which we have a lot of in, in America. Um, you know, I love historic homes. I live in a historic home because of the architectural detail, which I, I absolutely love. But not everyone has that. So how how uh, because so much of the architectural detail in the, in the homes that you feature, they themselves add so much personality to an all white space. What what suggestions do you have for people who do have new builds that also want all white spaces or all very neutral spaces, but they're lacking that architectural detail? Well, here again, I think it comes down to, you know, choosing your the finishes, a combination of the finishes and the accessories that you use. So, again, natural flooring such as wood and coir help enormously as would uh, a wonderful wall of tongue and groove or mm. textured brick. Um, the addition of shelves made from old reclaimed wood or an older interesting fireplace. You know, these are all little additions that can be added to a modern home and have great impact. I want to wrap up with my question that I always ask, which is why does style matter? But I have to say that I feel like your book itself answers the question of why does style matter because as you're flipping through the photographs you really see the impact of going very monochrome in color but having all of these materials uh layers of texture and materials and 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 the the diverse range of those things they really add feelings specific feelings to each specific room so i really want to pose it to you more as a businesswoman who owns um, uh, a white company and, the, the, you know, the, the whole other side of you, which is not as a book author, but as a person who is creating products, why do you think style matters in terms of what we purchase for our homes and where those things come from? Well, I think creating a home in a style that you love is probably the most important thing we can all do. Home is that magical place we can close the door from the outside world and feel instantly calm and cosseted. You know, we live in this hectic age, an era of constant, constant connectivity. The idea of creating a peaceful home in white and neutral and its relationship with calm and well-being really does seem more valuable than ever. 
Well, thank you so much for this conversation. I, I do love your book. It, it is very inspirational, and I encourage everyone to get their hands on it. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, thank you so much. It was lovely to talk to you. Thanks so much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to the Little Yellow Couch newsletter so you can get your hands on my foundational worksheet all about creating your own style manifesto. It'll put you in the right mindset for any project you're about to tackle in your home. You can find it at littleyellowcouch.com. Have a great weekend and I'll be back in your earbuds next Monday. Thanks so much for listening. I know your time is valuable and I really do appreciate you spending it with me. And please, please, please take a minute to leave a review for Slow Style Home wherever you get your podcasts. It honestly does help keep this show on the air and your feedback is highly valuable to me. Have a great day and I'll be back in your earbuds soon. Bye for now.